Hi folks, before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. Sup dudes, it's that time again. Time to get it up on 96.3 D-I-K-K Dick FM, where we never play it soft. Oh yes, it's me, Engineer Jim, and we're jamming those classic tunes from the 80s. Totally awesome, like for sure. We're locked in on four solid hours of wham. Yeah, baby, some sexy Mike, wake me up before you go-go. Cause I can't get enough of those two ladies, man. Speaking of two chick magnets... I'm gonna slip that Jay and Dan classic right in the back door. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for some action this weekend, we'll be at Club Elevator. That's right, when they're serving $2 Jaeger bombs, loaded nachos, and pit bulls, greatest hits all night long. It's Engineer Jim here, and never, never, whenever you're headed, you're riding on the dick. 96.3 FM. Welcome to the Jan Dan Podcast, episode 93, the Doug Gilmore episode. Wow. (laughs) Riding on the dick. By the way, Jim, that club you described, that's in Miami. That club is in Miami. Yeah, oh, for yeah. Sure. For sure. 1,000%. It's, it's also in West Hollywood. Pitbull. Sure. Club elevator. Uh, can we turn what my uh, ear volume Oh, up absolutely, a sir. Thank you. Oh, thank oh you. boy. Wow. What a, what a, Dan, you're all dressed up already. I'm, I feel like a big schlub. Well, I got here early. I had to try on a couple suits. So I said, I'm already naked. Might as well put on the suit I'm going to wear for the show. Now, you uh, were, you had a Julie Stewart Binks. I came into our dressing room that you yep. and I share, and you and Julie Stewart Binks was there with you alone. Interesting. So we'll get to that later. But then the other thing was. <laughs> she was dropping off Christmas cards. Oh, right. I, I say I misread that whole situation. But then, <laughs> then you were wearing a suit. With like a T-shirt underneath, so you are becoming the douche you hate. <laughs> so, and you're saying maybe I'll wear wear this to Vegas <laughs> but again, sometime. But again, that was the shirt I wore in. I didn't wear a blazer in. No, but you put it on. You were like, hey, maybe I'll wear this to. Uh, I Vegas was sometime. kidding. I'm not wearing hey, a suit to Vegas. Hey, maybe I'm gonna wear this to the clubs. It's ninety-six point nine. How good would that be, though? No, that's never gonna happen. But, okay, but you don't like. That kind of look, like that kind of suit at the clubs look. But what if you did like George Costanza and you did the opposite and you tried it for a weekend? Suit at the club, see how it works. No. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> no. <not gonna. laughs> um, suit at the clubs. Yeah, we'll get to it every day. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? Um, I was going to bring up something with the listeners that I should have brought up a long time ago. Um, the fact that a lot of people probably figured it out because I'm always away now. Yes, right. My kids are back in Canada, so yes, that's, that's right. Yeah, the kids are back in Canada. We, uh, the, I think, the listeners have sort of figured that out. Yeah, 
And, uh, and so you that's know, why I have a lot of free time on my hands. So that's why that. you're at the clubs. Uh, I'm not literally at the clubs, no, but not. at this point in my life, if someone says, "Hey, uh, I'm going," I'm like, "Yes, I'm like Kramer. I'm in. I'm in." Yeah, if there's something to do, we were just talking about it. Yeah. Like we were invited to a golf tournament in Canada. You're like, "I'll do it." I'm like, "I didn't even mention the date. I didn't even say what the date was." So, yeah, so that's why I'm always back in Canada and such. And yeah. Great there we go. story, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Back, back in Canada, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, now, here's... An, and then that's why, because I wanted to bring up that we were going to Vegas this weekend, and people would be like, why are you going to Vegas again? Again, because... Right. Hey. Just in Canada last weekend. Yeah, exactly. And why can't why couldn't you go to Vegas every weekend, even if your kids were here? Because all the time? that's poor parenting. Oh, hi. <laughs> but what if you what if you did like I'm doing this weekend, Dan, bringing my kid to Vegas? Boom. Yeah. Start the gambling addiction. Gonna get nice. a, gonna get her right on the casino floor early. <laughs> Uncle Dan's gonna be teaching her craps. <laughs> It's so, going to be the best. So you nice. have to do the walk because no matter what hotel you're in, you've got to walk through the casino. I know. So you're going to be bringing a baby through the casino. I know. It's amazing. Because I always look at those families. I'm like, what are they doing? I know. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lil sketch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we were thinking because what I'm actually doing uh, is I'm flying my mother-in-law in from Toronto to babysit our kid so that my wife and I can go to UFC 194 this weekend. Now, it seems like a good idea, but now in my mind, I'm like, why didn't we just fly my mother-in-law to L.A. and leave the kid here? That's what I thought you were doing. Are you insane? (laughs) I don't know what the hell I was thinking. But then at the other end of the spectrum, as Dan pointed out, it would be kind of cool to walk through the casino with our kid. That's great. I love it. That fight, by the way, is going to be unreal. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, I'm so pumped up for it. It's like the best card ever. You know, you got the McGregor and Aldo. You got the Weidman, Luke Rockhold fight. It's going to be so good. And, and I love that venue. So, yeah. Pumped and up every, if you follow any UFC uh, writers, one's been on the show, Ariel Hawani. Everyone's just like jacked for this week. Yeah. Like these guys, oh, they yeah. get excited about events. But like John Anik, who does the play-by-play, he's been over the top. He's like, I can't wait for this. It's like. It's the best week ever. And I think the Ronda Rousey fight was so shocking to everyone that sort of like made everyone forget about it for a couple of weeks. And now everyone's focused on it again because, yeah, it was supposed to happen in July, right? And then Aldo had to drop out of the fight and he fought Chad Mendez. And now it's going to happen. Man, I can't wait. And you're bringing your baby to the fight. I am actually going to bring the baby. And we have great seats. We're very close to the octagon. (laughs) So look for us. And we're just going to hold the baby up to the octagon like Simba. And, and just present it to Connor. I when want he you to belt. actually try. It. So when you show up for the fight, try to bring the baby and see what they say. They're like, "Dude, what do you think?" I, I think it'd be cute. <laughs> I mean, you know how you all see babies at football games with like the the noise canceling. Uh, yeah. You know, like put put the on the baby and then put her in a little affliction dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then just bring her in, and everyone will be like, "Oh, it's so sweet." Hey, can you imagine if everyone? You're thought, sure, a cute kid. She was so cute that like Aldo and McGregor were like, "I'm not mad at you. <laughs> like, let's not fight. <laughs> let's all just hang out at the clubs tonight." So McGregor's in the same sh- situation as uh, Ron is. Like he's he talks the talk. Yeah. And uh, now he's gotta. Yeah. He's gotta live up to those words like Ronda. But weren't you saying you were talking to some of our many UFC experts here and they had maybe changed their tune about this? They've fight? looked at a lot more tape, I guess, and now they're everyone had Aldo winning this, but now people are starting to to see McGregor's side now. So that's starting to change a little bit. 
Now, we'll all be there. Now, what are we going to do post-fight? Right, now, we're going we're gonna to be clubbing all night. I've got to find a place to watch the fight. I didn't <laughs> spend that kind of money to get a ticket. <laughs> But what- you don't have to be lonely. <laughs> hey, I could watch someone with, uh, from that website with the fight. I could watch the fight with someone. With someone from FarmersOnly.com. There we go. Could you put up a post? Could Mike put a post up on FarmersOnly.com that no. says, I'm a former pig farmer no. from Peterborough. I'll be in Vegas this weekend. Who would like to watch the Aldo McGregor fight with me? Forget sex, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys are going to be in there, and then I'm hooking up with you after. Then we're hitting the clubs. Oh, I can't wait. We'll bring the baby to the club. <laughs> It'll be like, whoop. We'll be holding the baby up in the middle of the dance floor. The baby will be like asleep, like passed out. <laughs> drooling all over herself. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be It'll be great. And uh, we wait. should touch upon the last week. Uh, it was a very yeah. different podcast because we hosted Colin Cowherd's show, The Herd, and I uh, got to do three hours of radio. As I said to Luke Robitaille, did that part get included in the podcast? Luke Robitaille's? Yeah. Recap. I said, I, I don't think I could have ever predicted that we'd be hosting a, uh, a national radio show on a, a, a network in the United States talking to Luke Robitaille. It was cool. It was a, it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. It was fun, and the feedback has been off the charts good. I mean, Jim, you were so kind when I walked in today. You were on the, on the radio show with us. That's I had a blast. I it was a lot of fun. Thank you guys yes. for having me. I really appreciate it. it. You even introduced our show last night. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I saw it. It was great. It was awesome. Thanks. And and you tweeted it out. It was awesome. I, yeah. I loved it. It was awesome. Ben Teller's with yeah. us hanging out ben, on this camera. Yeah. Mike Botticello, by the way, is doing two jobs again. Just he, two. Just two. This he's week. got this camera oh. here. And then he's and then he's doing the drops because where's Pat again? We yeah, want you to site. enjoy the show. Where, where is he? Nashville. Nashville. I, I just wanted to read this um, mention. Ben, on the, thanks, Ben. Sorry about that. No, uh, no, no. Um, we'll get to back to that in a sec. I just while Mike was on uh, was uh, on topic here. I got to drink this blue for I you. I posted a photo of my before and after mustache, and so Mike's not mentioned here at all. Mm. Someone someone responds with. I wish Mike died. (laughs) Mike's not even mentioned anywhere in this, and they they say that. Mike is dead. So, sorry about that. I wish Mike died. (laughs) It's a drop. It's good to have fans out there. They were just quoting the drop. Hey, if people don't have a feeling about you, whether they like you or hate you, if they just don't have a feeling at all, you're doing it wrong. Right, that's worse. Mike Francesa did an interview with our old friend Richard Deitch. uh, I was actually pretty good, and Francesa had some good things to say about... uh, criticism they said he said uh, if it doesn't affect my economic status uh my family or me why do i give a shit? i loved it right. i think that's terrific because ultimately he said you're on tv you're on radio you're gonna have critics so you know yeah and if you ever click on someone bashing you they usually have one follower and it's a cat no but <laughs> what some guy sent us a tweet yesterday like the best way to get you guys to favorite my tweets is by chirping you and so I favorited that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should mention Dan, who's on the Wall of Fame. Yeah, uh, so we had a <laughs> Movember competition with George Peros. And uh, the, the deal was, if we beat him, <laughs> then he had to send us uh, gift packs for listeners for the entire year. Yeah, oh, uh, uh, if, we, be, if we raise gentleman. more money for Movember. Right. Yeah. And then his was, if he wins, he gets a, uh, <laughs> a block on the Canadian Wall of Fame. Center Square. For the entire year. So after it's on this week, then it moves up to the top corner, and then we put ours I in here. he said right in the middle no, no. for the whole time. I thought so, too. But yeah. No, we can't. Well, we'll uh. see. 
I can, we can the first check, one, though, I have no complaints about at all. No, Carey this is great. Price. Carey Price. He would have made it on there eventually. Might as well be now. And he was part of George's Movember team, I think, right? <clears throat> he was. He's like my favorite goalie <laughs> in the NHL. Oh, he's just so awesome. Yeah. Um, and a little story about Carey Price. I don't know if I've ever told this on here. Remember, uh, I used to work with Blake Price. We did together. Uh, he was an anchor at TSN. And I was doing a show with him and, and Carey Price, when he was with the World Juniors, it was like the tryouts or something. And I said, Carey Price, uh, little known son of Blake Price. And then I thought nothing of it. And then the next day, bosses called. They're like, Carey Price's mom is pissed at you. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is the joke? He goes, he, she is pissed. <laughs> I love that. So hopefully, Great story, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the, the price. Hopefully the Price family has uh, chosen to forgive me. <laughs> hopefully the Price is right. <laughs> we have a. We don't have a crickets. Here. Oh yeah. Oh, there it is. I thought you were gonna. Let's just wait for that. Uh, and uh, Joe Davis is our guest today. The uh, new voice of the L.A. Dodgers is going to be calling fifty of their games this year, and he's like. 22. Yeah, it's an incredible story. Um, he works for Fox. Uh, he's actually 27. Yeah, he's 27. He's calling uh, He's calling two games this weekend. He's calling that Xavier Cincinnati NCAA hoops game on Saturday with Jim Jackson. Then he's staying, or no, then he's going to Cleveland to do the Browns-Niners game with Schrager on Sunday. So he's already doing a million things. Now he's going to move to L.A. and he's going to take over eventually, we assume, for Vin Scully. Uh, and I think he has a pretty cool story about Vin calling him. So that's that's who's on the podcast. Really? Today. Yeah, we got it. Oh, I can't wait for. I that. mean, this he's going to be a friend of the show. So speaking of play by play, um, we're about to play some of my uh, old play by play that has somehow shown up on the internet. It's from <laughs> Fort McMurray when I was being uh, doing radio there. It's from the year two thousand, and uh, I got to say, uh, Chris Cuthbert is going to be shaking in his boots after he hears this play by play of a bantam hockey game during Hockey Week in Fort McMurray. Michael Caligaru, number 30, Gimo, Landon Homie. He's number eight, number 11, Adam Wheeler, number seven. Oh, so I'm not doing the play-by-play right here. I'm giving the starting lineups because I've just been handed this sheet of paper because the coaches, you know, minor hockey, you don't have it filled out hours in advance. <laughs> no. You're like, who showed up for this game? Ah, oh, uh, we're giving you number nine for this game, Jeff. Now, this is my favorite uh, thing about this 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 piece of video and this piece of audio. You sound like, this sounds like the 50s. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, there, he passes over to Mahabalich. Like, that's what you sound like. It sounds like something from old-timey radio. Were you smoking a dart? Yeah, CBC it? radio, and you have a big pile of darts on your in your ashtray <laughs> right right there. And okay. it's you, you and Danny Gallivan Let's calling this one. Let's see if uh, we can... Make that correlation. Number six, Dylan Chapel, number two. <laughs> number two is number three. Troy Grant is number five. And Matthew LeBlanc is number seven. Goaltender for the team. <laughs> See if you could lead us through McMurray Wholesale Snacks. Yeah, we have it's starting key. number one, Kyle Dean. Dean Four is Brendan Emiot. Number five is Steve <laughs> Number seven is Mike Fingus. Number eight is Lionel Maurice. Number nine is Jimmy McDonald. Number ten is Mike Power. Number eleven Wait, is Eddie Booth. Number twelve is <laughs> the guy's oh last God. name could not be Moist. <laughs> Can we go back? John Moist. Johnny Moist. <laughs> He'll get you wet. 
Yeah, we have starting number one, Kyler Reber, as well as number three, Dakota McDonald. Four is Brendan Emiot. Number five is Steve Paul. Number seven is Mike Fingus. Number eight is Lionel Maurice. Number oh, no, Maurice. Like Mo Mo Moist? Moist. Morris? <laughs> it's not like Morris. It's okay, not Leonard Morris. Here's a question. Where, where is this airing? Where, who's watching this? This is on Shaw Cable in Fort oh McMurray. Oh, my God. Like, not even the parents want to sit through this crap. <laughs> okay, let's get to, to some action here. Let's get let's through get, the lineup. Let's get to the meat of the action. We're along with Mayor Doug Faulkner with you. We've got the all-star lineup in the broadcast booth with the MLA and the mayor. Well, you are. Hey, well, of course. We're into the Bantams now. <laughs> a little bit tougher league. A little bit tougher, a little bit bigger as well, Doug. It is. That's I the mean, mayor. You see the face of the game has changed <laughs> from the Peewees already. And also, in this age group, you see the uh, the attendance starting to dwindle because more of the kids, the parents just drop them off for these games. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Mom, Mom Dad, are you going to come watch the game? You're no. No, we're going good. to Earl's. Well, uh, and you know, a big bouquet to all those folks that are out here watching <laughs> oh my no matter what age division is here. We need to get right. Guy Boudelier well, a podcast. Parents in Bantam just drop the kids off. Well, Pee Wee and Novice and Adam, all the parents stick around and the grandparents come out so uh well, I think it's important not to generalize or overgeneralize. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of parents out here. He doesn't want to upset anyone. He's a politician. He doesn't want anyone upset. I think it's important not to generalize. <laughs> there are parents in the stands. <laughs> oh. Okay, like let's go again. Let's hear some more. Oh. Phantoms could actually be driving themselves to the ring. <laughs> I'm still on this. Well, they're getting pretty close to the age of driving. Six, well, they have to be 16, right? <laughs> so instead, all the way down, we get an icing call. So this, again, is the Breck in Black against McMurray Wholesale Snacks. McMurray Wholesale, Wholesale Snacks, Snacks gets yep. uh, an icing call there. We'll just call them the Snacks from now on. And you don't have to go through the uh, okay, Snacksies. The snacks. That is my team. Who does, who does okay. Moist play for? Joe George's son. <laughs> And Donkey's back working the line. Donkey? Donkey, <laughs> <laughs> donkey pass it. Give it to Moist. Mark, was talking to his Mark George just before the game, Dan, and of course said that he's always looking forward to refereeing in Bantam, and uh, he puts in logs a lot of hours in uh, refereeing. Great <laughs> story, Guy. Uh, a few more things in Bantam. You have, have to make sure the players don't get away with the rough stuff after the whistle, because when you get older, you like a bit more of the rough stuff, so it, it gets tough when you're repping at this Keep yeah, your bedroom exactly right. desires of out of this, all right? And of course, don't want to see anyone getting hurt this afternoon. Absolutely, that's the name of the game, and these boys will show us just uh, what hockey is all about here momentarily, Guy. Oh my God. Pretty fast here. And this snacks inside wow. the brick. Cleared off along the left side. Hammer up the side boards by Patterson. I love how can we pause it? Give it to Moist. I love how I love how Dan is just ignoring these stories about the Bantam referee and Liking oh it rough as you get older and okay. continuing to plow on and do the play-by-play. -play. Oh, Good job, Dan. We've got uh, 30 minutes of that, so uh, we get to pick that up yeah. next week. We'll pick that up next week, but uh, right now, Dan, we got to mention this. Are you ready to ditch the step counters and start getting more from your workouts? Who isn't? But who has the time and money for personal trainers and fancy equipment other than Dan here? Adidas has the gear you need to step it up and find your more. Track the fitness stats that truly matter. I'm not talking about just steps. I mean calories, heart race, pace, heart rate, 
pace, and plenty more. Adidas even gives you custom training plans to load onto your device. They'll push you to new limits that step counters never could. Pair that with a mobile app that syncs all your workout data or data, and it's a no-brainer. This is the first step to a new fitter you. This Adidas gear is designed to get you more from your workouts from day one. If you're ready to step it up and find your more, visit Adidas.com and search Fit Smart or Smart Run today. Pass it to Moist. <laughs> oh, boy. So he could ra- be a DJ on the dick. So Yeah, <laughs> DJ Moist. So Mike, DJ Moist. Right, right down the time we left it off. 341. At. Yeah, so then we don't have to yeah. go through the starting lineups again. Um, before, that was painful. That was great. Before we get to... Uh, before we get to Joe Davis in a few minutes here, uh, our friend Robert McNabb uh, has stopped by again. Uh, you may remember this is the guy who did the uh, Buck Martinez impression. Danny is a new a new impression for you. Uh, and this is, uh, I'd like to say this is in honor of our good friend Rick Hodgson, who passed away a couple of weeks ago, a longtime TSN staffer, amazing guy. Yeah. Uh, really we'll good miss him very much. We're dedicating this whole podcast to him. Yeah. But he, he would have loved this appearing. On the podcast. We need to get him on the wall. Yeah, we should put Rick on the wall. That's an excellent idea, Dan. That's what we'll do. Writing that down? Write that down. We'll put Rick on the wall. And uh, Rick would have loved this. So this is our friend Robert McNabb uh, doing an impression of Rick's favorite manager ever, John Gibbons. Biggest series of the year. We got, uh, you know, David, yesterday's rain out, uh, you know, threw a little bit of a, a little, little bit of a problem. Uh <laughs> But you know, David. David's a veteran. He he uh, he knows how to respond. I mean, he he started getting loose there. Uh, but uh, you know, we, we could tell the rain was coming. So you know, we had a, we had a feeling that might happen. But you know, it's it's a it's a big series. Um, David will be ready, and then of course we got uh, Marco and, uh, and then Marcus in the second game. You know, you know, Marcus is getting ready to go. I mean, he's, he's waiting for this. Uh, this opportunity for six months now, get, getting geared up for it. So, you know, we feel pretty good. And then, then of course, on Sunday, uh, R.A., he's had success against the Yankees this year. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, we, we feel good. And uh, we're ready. Wow. Uh, yes. That is gold. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, because Gibby does not speak in quotes or no, in in uh, twenty second clips for TV. He just rambles on. If Gibby, if it comes into Gibby's head, Gibby says it. Yeah. So I wonder if Gibby's having sex. Is he like, yeah, I'm about to penetrate you? <laughs> Give it to you good right now. And uh, and uh, normally I'm not into anal, but uh, whoa, I'm gonna flip you over whoa, right now. Put it whoa, your mouth. Whoa, I think there was, there was a line. <laughs> There's a line, and you drove over it, and then back again, and then over again. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get Joe Davis on the phone. Um, this is exciting, Toolsy. And then we have a couple other great things coming up later that uh, we're going to put Dan through. <laughs> what? We have what something for Dan. Do with you. Yeah, we're going to do some stuff to you, Toolsy. And then we're going to touch our bag, and Jeremy Taggart's finally going to join us because his tour's over. Yes. The, the first leg of the, the tour. The first leg of the tour, the Western leg. I can't wait to hear about this. This is going to be a lot of fun to hear yeah, about Yeah, he's been a busy tour. man. Yeah, very busy. I don't man. even, like, did they travel by van? Did they, they take were planes? A, I believe they were in a Hyundai sedan, like a Sonata or something, John and Jeremy, out west. I'm pretty sure they were in, like, a rental car. Because really all they need is the two of them and the la- and the laptop. Yeah. That's all they need. I mean, for us, if we did a tour, we'd need an actual, like, tour van, like a big white van. Mm. 
Let's start, let's start cutting. Start cutting. Patrick, he's already gone. Well, he's he wouldn't show up anyway. We'd all be waiting at the gate to fly up. What is Pat doing in Nashville? I have no idea. Clay Travis is launching that show on Periscope and he's doing a show Facebook from his house. Live. Outkick the show. Yeah. Really? And yeah. Patrick's there to I don't know what. Hooking up wires. Okay. So <laughs> what can we Clay's been out here like doing test shows. And now he's like, no, let's just do a show on Paris. Well, I think they want to get like, maybe build out some kinks and see what the show's going to look like. <laughs> so, so not build out, work, work out. out. Yeah. So, so throw it on Periscope. We're, we're back on Periscope, by the way. If you if you sh- if you saw us on Periscope for the last little while and we've been gone for a little bit, Toolsy's favorite. He loves being on Periscope. Um, all right, our guest today. This is very exciting for us. We're we're excited to have him. Um, he is uh, going to be doing fifty. L.A. Dodger road games coming up this season. He already works for FS1. He's working this weekend. He's doing Xavier Cincy on Saturday. Then he's doing Browns Niners on Sunday. It's nonstop on the road for this guy, Joe Davis. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, Joe. First thing first, uh, amazing congratulations on the Dodgers job. That is just unreal. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, Dan. It's, uh, I mean, I'm still, I know it's it's been a while since it's been announced at this point, but I'm still kind of wrapping my mind around it. Uh, you know, I've, I've always kind of been a guy that's tried to aim high and have big goals and, you know, dream big, all that. But I'm not sure even I, with those big goals, thought that if I were to land with a team at some point that it would be with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, but it's been uh, it's been even better than I thought it would be once it was announced. Everybody's been incredible, welcoming me in, and uh, yeah, it's it's really is like a dream come true. And I haven't even done a game yet. Uh, Joe, can you tell us the story of of Vin Scully himself calling you and you not actually believing that it was Vin calling you? Yeah, sweet, right? So <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the night before it's announced, I get a call. Uh, on my cell phone, and it says unknown. So, you know, I'm thinking, whatever, who, who could this possibly be? Let it go to voicemail. They don't leave a message. So I'm thinking at this point that it's like maybe a writer or something that had gotten the scoop and was trying to get me you know, cornered and get me to say something stupid um, when I didn't see it coming. So I'm like, you know, hey, to, to hell with them. Whoever's dialing it, go straight to voicemail. So I ignore it. I'm out grilling at this point, you know, flipping burgers, thinking I'm pretty cool. <laughs> Two hours later, same thing, uh, unknown caller. This time a voicemail pops up, and I'm, uh, I'm thinking, you know, let's see who this joker is. Now I hit play on the voicemail. Hi, Joe, Vin Scully. I about dropped the phone. Wow. And it's, as soon as I had the reaction when I heard who it was, my wife turned around and looked at me, and she goes, who is it? Is it Vin? <laughs> she knew. She, she saw the, the, the fear on my face that I had ignored two of Vin Scully's calls. And he actually, first thing he says is, you know, it's Vin Scully out in Los Angeles. And I've tried you a couple times tonight and been unsuccessful. So I believe I begin the year old for two. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Um, that is unbelievable. Um, we can't talk about what you've accomplished without mentioning your age. You're 27, right? Actually turned 28 uh, Sunday. So. How, so, Joe, how have you done all this by the age of 28? It's next to impossible. Yeah, Tell us your I mean, path. 
it's I've, I, it sounds cliche, but I've had a lot of people give me a lot of help when I didn't really have a, a ton of reason to. Um, right, a lot of right place, right time. And then I think I was lucky to know really early on that it's what I wanted to do. So, you know, when I was in junior high, I was listening to guys kind of with a critical ear, trying to pick up on things that I liked and didn't like. And even before I was doing games, I was probably developing my own style just by listening. So, you know, there's that. And then there's the fact that when you know what you want to do at an early age, it can kind of guide your decision-making as you move forward into high school and for me choosing a college and, you know, how I handled myself in college, what I was spending my time doing while I was in college. So, you know, several factors, I guess, that, that go into it and, Believe me, I realize how ridiculously lucky I am to I think, have gotten to do this stuff. Joe, after hearing you talk, I think you need to adopt me. You're like a grown-up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Dan, <laughs> I'm not Dan, even kidding. Dan needs his life in order a little bit, Joe. Would you Would you and your wife maybe take him in for a little bit if you guys move out here to L.A.? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? If you want, you can come for, for the year we're going to be here. Come hang out in Grand Rapids. Um, we've got a great place hey, here in Grand Rapids. I got time. I can. <laughs> Come on up. We'd be glad to take you in. I, I'm saying that, and I'm going to walk downstairs and say, hey, honey, Dan's moving in. See how she takes it. It's almost better to beg forgiveness than to ask permission, <laughs> yeah. you know, in this yeah. kind of situation. Um, you, you, so you, I mentioned you're doing um, NCAA hoops this Saturday on FS1. Then you're doing an NFL game on Fox this Sunday. And, of course, you're going to be doing baseball. So the next obvious question is, you know, obviously you're going to be focusing on baseball now, and this is an incredible thing, but is there a favorite? You know, was there an ultimate goal for you? Was was baseball play-by-play always the first priority for you? You know, I, I grew up in a football family. My dad is a Hall of Fame football coach in Michigan, high school coach, and I played for my dad. I played football in college. So football's always been the sport that I've been around most closely growing up, and I think there's something special about the event that a football game is and the build up to it over the course of the week and the energy that comes from that uh, once you're at the game doing a game. So I love that. But then there's something too with baseball where it's just kind of that romantic connection between broadcasting and baseball. You go back, you know, long time ago, you back close to a century ago and they started doing games on the radio. It's just such a deep part of the fabric of the sport. And so being a part of that and being a part of, a team over the course of the year that makes baseball special too. So kind of one a and one B in no particular order, but that said too, it, the most important thing in signing the Dodgers deal for me, as I went into the whole thing, I didn't want to give up the national stuff. I realized what kind of incredible opportunity it was to do the Dodgers, but I really didn't want to give up the Fox stuff. So it was a big deal to me to make sure that I could keep doing it. So I'm, I'm taking on the Dodgers stuff, but I'll continue doing all the Fox stuff too. Love you. What you said about baseball. I've gone back and I've started watching Ken Burns baseball again. And oh my oh, God, yeah. the history of it. I, well, I also use it. I, I fall asleep to it each night. So it's kind of like I'm having <laughs> dreams about baseball now. Um, now I have to ask you because the majority of our listeners to the podcast are Canadian. You have done yeah. a lot of traveling. So, Tell them some great sports cities that you've arrived at because you're calling all types of sports that you'd say, you know what, you should visit this town. It's maybe underrated or not on the map. Hmm. Well, first of all, how about Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, micro-brew capital of the world. Oh, nice. That'd be a spot to check out. Yeah. Very underrated yeah. city that I live in here. 
Um, let's see, kind of ones that you wouldn't think of. You know what I love? I love Salt Lake City. You guys ever oh, spend any time there? You I know? have not. Oh. I have not. This is interesting. It's beautiful, beautiful place. Now you got to have a few more beers if you're if you're trying to feel something because I think the alcohol content is uh, is knocked down there. It's you all Michelob get... lights there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. No matter what you order, Michelob light. <laughs> right. I'll have an old fashioned. All right. Here's a Michelob light. Uh, yeah. So I like Salt Lake's the prettiest city I've ever flown into. Coming wow. up over the mountains and you dip down and there's this giant city up against the lake. Um, so I'd say that's a little, that's one that folks don't often mention that would yeah. be worth visiting. Um, Joe, I assume you grew up a Tigers fan, or am I off on that? A Detroit Actually, Tigers fan. fan? Oh, a Cubs fan. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, that's even more interesting. So you have a, a team there that you cheered for with so much history. Are you sort of, have you wrapped your head around, I mean, one thing Dan and, I don't know if Dan realized it, but I did not realize that this town, this town, Los Angeles, is it's for the for this whole city, the Dodgers are number one with a bullet. I mean, the Lakers are so bad. Often it's Dodgers-Lakers, but the Lakers are so bad right now. The, the whole city is just enamored with this team. Have you wrapped your head around just the fact that you're going to be calling games for a team with such an emphatic following? I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned the history, too, with the organization. I think that's the big thing, and I think that's a big part of the reason that folks are so into it. I don't know that there's another organization – you, know, you guys let me know if you can think of one, but that is who, which the you know, organization whose history is such an important part of its identity as the Dodgers. So I think that acknowledging that, recognizing that, and for me embracing that, going into this job and making sure I'm reading all I can and spending time with guys like Tommy Lasorda that have seen this history develop firsthand and spending time with Vin Scully and hearing these firsthand stories, I think it's a really important thing for somebody like me who didn't grow up there in the middle of all that history. And so I don't have that inherent appreciation for it, uh, but I'm quickly gaining it, guys, as I'm learning more and more about the organization, reading more about it, talking to more people about how special it is. And they have the best home uniforms in all of sports, and people say, but they're just white and blue. But, yeah, but there's a, a hint of red. It, they don't need to be anything more than that. They're, yeah, so clean. How yeah, about, exactly. Uh, how about the new Diamondbacks uniforms? I actually those? like those. They're kind of neat. Do you? Yeah, I don't mind them at all. All right. I'm surprised if you like the Dodgers. I know, but it's just also like the D-backs. Yeah, the D-backs, they got to try some. I, I don't know. I'm with Joe on this one. There's like 12 uniforms. It's like, let's pick two and go with it. Yeah, I try to make more money. Kind of look like Nike golf polos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, it's time for our favorite uh, segment on the podcast. It's Rapid Fire, where uh, our viewers or listeners uh, tweeted in questions for you. All right, let's do it. Rapid Fire. And Mike reads the questions. Oh, Mike doesn't have his mic turned on, Joe. There we go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. This is from Matt Morton. What's the most memorable baseball call by any announcer? Hmm. Uh, okay. That's like a I'm trivia a, question. That is. Yeah. Is there, a, is there a right and wrong answer here, Mike? I think it's what's your favorite by any okay, announcer. See, for me, I'm a big Joe Buck guy. I grew up. Yeah. He was the guy that... Uh, you know, I was calling all the biggest games when I was a kid, and uh, I grew up in the business emulating and admiring. A couple of his calls in particular where he honored his dad, 
Um, the 2011 Game 6 of the World Series, David Freeze's home run, where he said, we'll see you tomorrow night, force Game 7, which the Cardinals won. And then 2004, he did the same thing, but with a little twist on it. I think it was David Ortiz mm-hmm. hit a home run in the 14th or 15th inning. The game had gone past midnight, Yankees-Red Sox. And he said, as the ball went out, he said, We'll see you later tonight. <laughs> so, you know, it become Wednesday, and Wednesday night was Game yeah. Seven or whatever it was. So I'd say those two, uh, as a big Joe Buck fan, are two of my favorites. And then uh, go back to '88, right? With with Vin Scully's call, the Gibson walk off yeah. home run in Game One of the World Series. And for me, it was the simplicity of that call, combined with the fact that Vin is such a measured guy in his call. Always, rarely do you hear that like glee and just shock in his voice like you heard in that Gibson walk-off call. Yep. That swing. We always talk about that swing. Like he barely swung. It was amazing. Uh, This is from Robbie Steves. Uh, What's the craziest game you've ever called? Mm. I did that Texas uh, Texas Tech TCU game this fall. It was pretty insane where the TCU caught that tipped pass in the back of the end zone. Um... Arizona State USC Hail Mary game last fall. Mm, yeah, yep. yeah. We, we've had a couple crazy ones. I did a Johnny Manziel Texas A and M game his freshman season in Shreveport, Tim Brandoville against uh, Louisiana <laughs> Tech, and it was fifty nine fifty seven. I think A uh, and M was up twenty eight nothing in the first half, and Tech came back and had a two point conversion that would have tied the game uh, with about a minute left. So those would be a few. Yep. Have you been to Chateau Brando, Joe? No, I have dreamt about it, though. <laughs> I, the three of us will make a pilgrimage there one day. This would be awesome. How fun I hear would it's that all be. pink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he says he's not in charge of the colors. <laughs> okay, right. I hear that we're going to sit in the hot tub and have hot water shot up our... That's Well, yeah. this is, I mean, this is, this is a night at Chateau Brando, and we just don't question it. Yeah, well, Dan, you're going to find out what a night's like at the Davises once we adopt you, and it's not nearly as fun. <laughs> hey, again, up for anything right now, so just as long as it gets me out of the house. <laughs> All right, next one's from Keys. Who's the best opposing pitcher that visited the Dodgers this season? Oh, these are what? That's, you picked these questions, Mike. A that's that's a bad question. That's a bad question. Uh, well, I'm qualified to say because I wasn't there. Exactly. So yeah. one more, and then uh, Mike's done reading. All right, how's this? <laughs> this is from Kyle Holland. What's the one thing everyone should know about Joe Davis? Oh, oh there you that's, go. A, that's, that's better. Oh, wow. Um, I have an adopted son. Not really. That's a, that's a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't actually. You totally, you totally had us there, Joe. I'm like, wow. This like, is why neat. is nobody laughing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we weren't gonna laugh about that. We thought maybe that. By the by, the way, I thought in my mind for a second, I was like, wait, if he has a real adopted son, and then he actually adopts Dan, that's a reality show just waiting to happen. Right. Well, I think, he, the, I think the joke was that he, I'm his adopted. No, son. I know. That's oh. what I'm saying. Oh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was very well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Sorry we um, uh, blew it. No, no, no. We got there. <laughs> we uh, got there eventually. Joe, it has been unbelievable um, talking to you, and uh, I can tell you right now that everyone that listens to the podcast are now fans of you. 
Um, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing you out here. Uh, I know you're doing road games this year, but we'll see you out here in the future, and uh, and we'll hang out, and, and then, you know, Dan will be over uh, <laughs> over there. And, you know what, even if your wife doesn't agree to the adoption, just expect that, that Dan will probably be over quite a bit. <laughs> I can't wait. You know what a big hobby of mine is? Here's something that you should know. I love to... Uh, do uh on the grill smoke meats oh yeah oh, do like long you know do a pork shoulder put that in about 14 hours i rig up my uh weber kettle which is supposed to be just direct heat rig that baby up and do smokes all day smoke so i'll have wow. you over we'll do some ribs we'll do pork shoulder it'll be grand guess what i also love that dad <laughs> oh, son <laughs> i love you <laughs> thanks joe all right, guys. Great to talk to you. Thank you so much, Joe. Wow, what a guy. That was fun. So well-spoken. Yep. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's going to do uh, amazing for the Dodgers. He sure is. Uh, he's right. actually, uh, yeah, so he's in Cleveland uh, with Shregs and Brady, but Shregs is not on this week because we're finally going to check out uh, catch up with Jeremy Taggart. Yeah, we should probably get him on the phone. He's on the way. Before yeah. we... Uh, yeah, before we do that, can we play a game with Dan? Before we do that, it's a it's a game that was actually suggested by a listener. The name is Brent Oliver. So Brent, thank you for suggesting this. Uh, the game is real or fake DJ names. Okay. <laughs> but did you guys just go online and find like a DJ that DJs at his in his mom's basement? No, he sent a list. In, or I didn't they know like, where they came from, but they uh, seems to be very Euro. So I'm going to guess like. Amsterdam. We'll, we'll, we'll guess Amsterdam. Yeah. Okay. okay. I have no shot here. So here we go. Real or fake DJ names. Can we hear that one more time, Mike? Real or fake DJ names. That's cool. That's I'm pretty awesome. sure the guys from Daft Punk did that one. Okay, here we go. So the first one is... Oh, you did that, Jim? Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome, yeah. Jim. Okay, so here we go. DJ Fur Coat. That's real. That is... That is yeah, real. Yeah. That is real. DJ Bicep. Fake. <laughs> that is real. Oh, God, what a douche. Do we have the dings and the... <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping score here, but go ahead. Uh, you don't have to keep score. Okay. Michael, <laughs> when, you, when you come here, you need to get someone else to help you. You can't do two things at once. Why do we get... We're playing music right now. Sounds good. All right. DJ, <laughs> DJ Cookie Dough. DJ Cookie Dough. Fake. That is fake. DJ Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> DJ Alexander. Fake. That is fake. Well done. So you're, I think you're three for four here. Oh, got one By wrong. my score, it's, yeah, three for four. DJ Zip. Real. That's real. Got it. DJ Brontosaurus. Fake. That is fake. This is riveting. DJ Helen Keller. <laughs> that better be fake. That better be fake. The best part was I had it. I had I had the script down below, and then when I saw that on the paper, I put that above my eyes because I didn't want to see me. Was it fake? It I is fake. So. DJ. <laughs> That'd be an interesting mix. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That made me um, before we get to uh, tag. No, wait. We have three more. <laughs> three more. Oh. We have three more. 
DJ Hot Since 82. <laughs> That's fake. That's real. Oh, that, I like that. That's a good that one. That one is a good one. Uh, DJ Snake Eyes. DJ. That's real. That is fake. That yeah, is fake. Come again. Hmm. And finally, DJ Black Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's fake. <laughs> that is real. Oh, oh, oh God, that was a blast, guys! Send in your suggestions, real and fake. Two out of ten. This, Not bad. This video went viral on Wednesday. It's Do we it. have Taggart on the phone? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. okay. I just okay we'll make sure we'll dial him up while we're playing this. Okay. No, I just uh, want to make we sure told we told him uh, like two minutes out. This oh, okay, is cool. an uh, Irish reporter who is reporting on a storm, and uh, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, this is. Pretty dramatic. Take unnecessary journeys. Don't take risks on treacherous roads. And don't swim in the sea. <laughs> Incredibly, people have been spotted in the water here in Blackrock and Salt Hill, both today and yesterday. Galway City Council say their actions are idiotic. <laughs> Not only are they putting their lives in danger, but it is unacceptable and unforgivable to put the lives of people in the rescue services at danger as well. Okay, Tracy. Wow, she's there flawless the- delivery. Yeah, it was pretty good. How I mean, good is that wind sock? You yeah, couldn't even tell there was a breeze. That's a massive sock. She's my new favorite reporter. Galway, Ireland. I've been there. Teresa Mannion. From Galway. From... BBC From Ireland. my homeland. Yeah, from Galway, Ireland. When's a good time to go there? When's the weather good? Is it ever good? Never. Go, I'd go... Someone said September. Go May or September, yeah. September would be perfect. Toolsy, this would be great. You're going to go... You're going to head over to Ireland? Back to the homeland? Huh? Meet Maybe meet a nice little potato farmer over there? I'm just a pig farmer from Peterborough. <laughs> just bringing out the stereotypes on, right? Way to go. Whoa, what's that? That's cool. Did we get Jeremy on the phone? That was a cool echo effect. I, I, I don't have him on the phone yet, but yeah. I will. That's cool, though. I like that echo effect. Um, buzz. So we'll, we'll touch our bags. Let's touch them. It's time to touch their bag. The Jay and Dan mailbag. This is from Phil Matadoosehole. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name. Subject is Dan's nipples. Right. Hi, Bods. Hate the show, but like you as people. Mm-hmm. Question. I've seen a lot of Dan's nipples thanks to his shirt choices, but never caught a glimpse of Jay's. Just curious what they're like. I thanks. can show you right here. I'm and they're not... a little er- erect here, too. I um, can't believe you're showing this. Now, this is interesting. Usually they're innings, <laughs> but oh. it's a little chilly in here, and it's a bit... I don't know, Ben, how much detail you're getting, but I'm I'm slightly erect in the nipple area right here, and very hairy around the nips. And I don't I don't <laughs> know what are. shirts are, I'm not wearing nip nipple shirts. Yeah, you're always wearing super tight shirts that are showing off your nips. It's just always cold in here. <laughs> so that's uh, Jay and Dan's nips. Ah, who's hard? Make sure you get your nipple shirts at jayanddan.com. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A full that's line a... of nipple-exposing men's shirts. This one's from Camden Smith. The subject is Thanksgiving. Hey, Bods, I'm a pod listener from Cleveland, Tennessee, who goes to school at Middle Tennessee State. I've been a loyal listener to the pod since you guys started doing it down here in the States. My question is that since Thursday's American Thanksgiving, this was obviously said a few weeks ago, since Thursday's American Thanksgiving, do you guys or other Canadians celebrate our Thanksgiving as well, or do you just celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving? Thanks for the time. Love the pod. Keep up the good work. 
Um, I recently yeah. said on set that my, one of my favorite things about moving to the United States is get to celebrate two Thanksgivings. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, I think we're going to try to start, my wife and I, a real Canadian Thanksgiving celebration for all the expats. We don't do that enough. I'll be there. You'll be there, right? <laughs> You'll show up. It'll be you, me, Choby, and producer Tim. <laughs> and and Tim's pet penguin? Yeah, but it or would kind of make, it would kind of make sense if Tim had spent all his free time with a seal <laughs> snuggling on the couch binge watching Amazon shows. Wow. <laughs> oh. What do we have next? Oh. This is interesting. Oh, I like this. Taylor Gibson, subject rock star autographs. Hey guys, long time listener, first time emailer. This past Friday, I went to see Matthew Good in Victoria with my dad. It was a great set. I was a bit upset and annoyed after the show. I walked up to the stage and asked Matt for an autograph, which he turned to me and said, no. I can guarantee that I will never see him in concert again after that experience. Have you guys ever had this kind of experience trying to get an autograph? And if so, who is the artist? Who is the artist there again? Matthew Good. Oh. From the Matthew Good band. I'm a big fan of the Matthew Good band. I, but I think he's a bit of a dickwad. Oh. I'm never going to meet him. I think he's a bit of a prick show. Oh. Look at love! That's not cool. Have you, ever, have you ever asked someone for an autograph and been denied? I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think happened I've ever me. asked anyone. I think when I was a kid, when I, asked, I lined up to get Guy Lafleur's. Me autograph. too. I was just about to say that I lined up to get Guy Lafleur's autograph, and he was like, "No problem," because there was other people in line, and that's why he was there and probably being paid to do it at Canadian Tire, probably right. It was actually in uh, our Athabasca Arena. It was like an old timers game, and he and a bunch of old timers showed. Was up. he smoking darts while signing? He wasn't crushing darts, but man, that hair was still great. Oh yeah, long flowing. And every hey, was every woman guy. was swooning. Oh yeah, like every woman in there had. Hard, hard nips. <laughs> hard nips for Lafleur. The Guy Lafleur story. Jeremy Taggart joins us on the uh, tour. It's about time you you finally got some rest after the first leg of the tour. Yes, it, we, we we can speak about the tour in a second, but we're talking about old time hockey legends, and I tell you what, uh, I saw uh, Eddie Shack, and I think uh, Eddie Shack in Shelburne, Ontario. Was he doing like an old timers game kind of yeah, same thing? Yeah, old timers classic. Right. You know how they used to hit the barns in the yeah. wintertime. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, it was unreal. Like, and I remember being like uh, seven years old or something, and like, see, you know, like when you're up top where the the the, the uh, hot chocolate machine that has chicken soup in the same machine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yellow water with green flecks. <laughs> yeah. Flex the green in there. Yeah. Anyway, like that was walking. the best hot chocolate, though. Admit it. <laughs> yeah, because it tasted like chicken soup. <laughs> it was a it little was savory. Hard. Yes. So I, I remember at the end of the night, like uh, hanging around and seeing them all leave, and it was just him by himself, Eddie Shack, walking with his clothes on, going out, going home. <laughs> had that first feeling of like, wow, that's like. That's normal. He's definitely normal because, like, he seems like he's just like done for the night and probably not. He just wants to get home. Do you yeah. think? Do you think he went? It was crushed some drinks the, after. I don't know. It just the way he was walking. It was just when you see somebody by themselves walking. Yeah. Like, 
and they're just they're kind of you're kind of bare, you know what I mean? Humanizes them somehow, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I really hit. I'm glad I saw that early because I was like, wow, that guy is the pop shop guy. Every two seconds, I'm seeing him on TV, right? And he's just going by himself, getting <laughs> the, getting out of sitting, just hitting the road. <laughs> That's <laughs> is is that why people have possums? Then they don't want to be. They don't want to be alone. Yeah, I think it, that's part like, of it. If you guys like when you're going to your car by yourself at the end of the night, yeah, like it, you're just that's it. You have become bare to everything. So something like that's when it happens. That's when you like fall down or like somebody <laughs> jumps in on you or like you have like awkward situation. It's just it's real life. And I just uh, appreciated that. that that's Good interesting. Because when we filled it, we filled it on the herd last week, and Toolsy came in, and he looked rough. Like, it was, because it was early, <laughs> right, Tagger? We never get up early. I don't yeah. wake up till noon usually, so I went on two I know. hours you sleep. You guys are tough to get on the radio before noon, but you're oh. always so gracious, and you do so anyway. But usually when, when we're on the radio with you, say you're filling in on TSN radio, and we come on before noon, like, I'm literally in my bed, and my <laughs> wife is like, here's the phone, Jeremy's on the phone, <laughs> something. Whereas there, I actually had to get in the car, drive to work, and I saw Toolsy, and you, you looked like you were on a four-day bender that night. Did you look like Eddie Money, like, last week? I did. I, I will readily admit it, because we worked, so we worked the night before, and I have a, like, you you can't get to sleep as soon as you get the home. routine, man. You're exactly. pumped up, right, till like, three o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I go to bed around two or three, and I had to be up at five. And Tulsi's so crushing darts. I'll night. crush oh, darts. Sure. On the barbecue, <laughs> crushing the cigarellos. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, we got to get into this podcast tour. This was a major, major yes. success. Everyone it was talking was, about it. It was crazy, and it was so hilarious that it was intertwining with your book tour. I know, I know, like, right? Literally, we were in the same place within a day of each other, like three times. If. And, uh. It was ram jammed across the board. I mean, we had uh, people like just coming and telling their stories. They love to listen to the pod on the like when they're doing, you know, uh, taking it easy on a Sunday or going to work or their drive in the country. They'll listen to the like it was the the fact that that it seems to be more rural, and it, I think the same with you guys, where the people that come out that are fans aren't necessarily big city people like where they're yep. it's usually yep. coming from a town or a smaller place and that's the whole thing we talk about with canadianity because that's the masses that's that's the reality that's right. of canada we, we were just in regina and uh, so many we were there for a farming yeah. event so these people said yeah when i'm out in the field i'll put the podcast on yep exactly i'm thinking that i'm thinking that uh like saskatchewan seems to be the most Canadian place in Canada. Yeah. Yep. I think. You know what I mean? Where it, oh, yeah. It's like, I don't want your big sports. Forget the <laughs> NFL. We're rough riders for life. Yeah. Like, that's more important than anything. Yeah. They outsell everybody, like, combined in terms yep. of merchandise. Oh, yeah. And the loyalty, it, it's got nothing to do with uh, popularity. Because I grew up in, I know Toronto, like, everybody... They, it, it's a mentality, almost like a backstabbing mentality. Unless it happens somewhere else, nobody cares about it. Like, unless you become popular as a musician in America, it means something. Right, yeah. But as opposed to in Canada, everything's crap. Like, the movies are crap, the TV's crap. Like, there's so <laughs> much of a negative spin on everything. And, and when you go to a place like, like Saskatoon or Regina, like, it's 
it's so fresh and, yep. and, and, and revitalizing. And it just kind of, that's why I feel like that's the, what being Canadian is, really. Well, people always ask, really they say, caring. yeah, they, they say, where's your favorite place to go in Canada? I said, well, obviously everywhere. But if I told someone to go someplace where they maybe don't hear a lot about, go to Saskatchewan because you'll meet the nicest people on earth. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. hands down. Yeah, and, and it, it, we're about to go on the east the east coast of Canada in January, and I'm sure that's going to be, I mean, that's where Jonathan's from. Oh, my and, God. That's you know, going to be an incredible. We know how nice people are out there. So and you, great. And you you, did, you had a Halifax gig booked, and you, you got another one coming. Is yeah, that right? we had to add another show at the Carlton. That's yeah. awesome. That's so yeah, fun. So uh, overall, Jeremy, is there like one or two highlights of the tour so far that you could tell us about? Like well, something that really... We're writing a book, as you know, uh, with HarperCollins about, it's called Canadianity, and, and it really kind of will be um, by, the, by the regions and provinces of Canada and being there and the stories from there and uh, just getting a feel for, for what it is. And, and I, we'll kind of get down to it, and this tour is kind of solidifying all of those things when you're just sitting in a car, in a rental car, in a Yaris. <laughs> <laughs> going across the country with with Jonathan. Was, wait, mean, what it, was the rental car? I thought it was a Hyundai. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we had a Hyundai, but we wanted to think it's a Yaris, just a little tiny car. <laughs> but we actually scored. A, we got upgraded when we got to Winnipeg to a uh, a Tucson. Mm. Oh, there you go. And then uh, we did Ontario in a uh, a, ta- a town and country. Oh, high rollers. Well, we had great guests like uh, Theo Fleury came out to Calgary. You guys know how amazing he is. He is yeah. so nice. How, he was an inspirational. We had uh, <laughs> David Lumley. You had Dave Lumley on, which I love. <laughs> the guy is amazing. Oh, In my Edmonton, God. And he just started just talking and talking about the days with the Oilers and Gretzky and partying. And it was like it was he kept saying like, uh, uh, he knew he was be, it was being recorded, but he was just talking so candidly because he was having such a good time. He just came on and, you know, was enjoying the night, and he started opining on these stories, and he would just kind of like, you know, when you blank statement something like, I meant this person, but you kind of really know who he's talking about. Right, right. Story. So he, he did that like three or four times. So <laughs> we're going to hopefully have a, most of these moments uh, on future podcasts, but uh it was just a great experience of people coming out and the fact that it's like it's different. You go out and you're having drinks, but it's not comedy, but it's also kind of feeling like you're just hanging out with some friends, you know? That's what it, the podcasts feel like. But Jonathan was playing his guitar and doing Canadianity, named that tune, and we played uh, 50-50 maple syrup shots with the crowd. Where you have to come up and- Answer Canadian trivia with while well, you know if you lose you have to crush a shot of maple syrup and that gets real rough after. Oh, oh boy, they that, get that was just ridiculous, stupid games, but centered around good conversation and hanging out. You know, I love it. Just I like love you it. guys. So when is the East Coast tour? When does that leg begin? Yeah, it starts at the end of January. So you can check out all the dates on TaggartandTorns.ca. And uh, or, or follow us on Twitter at Taggart and Torns, and, and you can catch all the information there. Oh, man. Easy peasy. That's going to be wild on the East Coast. Yeah, you know what? I mean, we should try and do something next year with like, a, like on a weekend, like a three dates or something, just a little 
because we do like Thursday to Saturday. Like it, it kind of works out to be towards the weekend, and then you. It's, so it's only like four or five days at a time. But we we should do something together. That, that would be that'd fun. Be amazing. A lot of we're, 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 we saw so many people that were at the book signing. <laughs> I know. We signed shirts that you you signed, and <laughs> we signed shirts that, of you guys. It was amazing. It was so cool. Every book signing, I would be given something that you guys had signed, whether it was one of my <laughs> books or a piece of clothing, like a like a Taggart and Torrance T-shirt or something. Uh, every single signing, but the the it was all overwhelmingly positive. Like anyone who came to the book signing and had just been to one of your shows was just raving about it. They all had a terrific time. Awesome. And thank you guys for all of your support and throwing it out there. Cause like, it really feels like we're, uh, we share a lot of the same Canadian folks out there. So. We sure do. And Jeremy is so great to have you back on the podcast, my friend. Thank you, boys. Have a great one. You've been just crushing it down there, boys. Oh, you know how it is. We got to fill yeah. the hours. <laughs> we talk, I'm going to start. I want to ask you guys a few questions. Okay, sounds good. I like that. Well, how about we do that next week? Absolutely. Okay, my friend. Have a good one. Yeah. Okay. Have a good one. That's Canadian rock legend Jeremy Taggart at Taggart7, T A G G A R T 7. All right, let's quickly get into six degrees. Of Engineer Jim. Jam in with Jimmers. As we mentioned, Jim made an appearance on the herd, so he told a good uh, STP story, which you, uh, you've mentioned here before that uh, that uh, Scott Weiland used to live on your street. So. That was a very timely that you were able to join us. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, it was literally thing. the day after. Yeah, yeah. So we've got some suggestions here, and I really like this one because yeah. you hear them a lot on the radio here in LA. Sublime. This is from Stephen Wales. <laughs> yes. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Now, Sublime came became famous. After the lead singer died. Yeah, Brad Knoll, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously terrible story, heroin overdose. Uh, Great songs, hugely popular here in Southern California, like you said. My connection with them is actually through Cypress Hill. What? Yes. Um, I worked with uh, Eric Bobo and some of the guys from Cypress Hill uh, working on a side project with Chris Robinson. What? Yeah, really, really, really cool. Um, had uh, Mark Ford from the Crows in it. Uh, the guys from Jellyfish were in the band. Uh, really cool. Uh, members of Lenny Kravitz's band. This kind of supergroup thing that we did called Sweet Pickle Salad. <laughs> really cool stuff. And. Uh, um, their connection, Sublime's connection to Cypress Hill is they played actually their smokeout festival here in LA. Oh, yeah. So, um, hey, in case know, our listeners don't know, Cypress Hill were into weed. <laughs> just a just a <laughs> tiny bit. <laughs> so, uh, that that's my connection with them is uh, uh, through the Cypress Hill guys. Very cool. Yeah. That, it's yeah. So, you're so right, though. Sublime, such a SoCal phenomenon. And Sublime is back. They've got an, it's now Sublime with Rome. Yeah, I don't think they can actually use the the 
band right. name, you know, Brad Knowles, I think, estate kind of you yeah. know, put the kibosh on that. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, this is an interesting one, uh, Jim, because I have a story about him in my, uh, my new book, number two. Uh, this one's from Wes Gary, and the artist is Jay-Z. Uh, whenever we say his name on set, I always say jizz, and people think I'm serious. Do you have a connection <laughs> to jizz? Do I have a connection to jizz? <laughs> I'm. The answer is yes. Yes! I'm yeah. to jizz. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, my connection to Jay-Z is actually through Fox. Oh. Um, in the 2009 World Series... Um, we did our World Series Open with um, Empire State of Mind. Oh, and he had released, uh, you know, the Blueprint Three album, and uh, we did uh, sort of, kind of edited, remixed versions of that song with some really, really cool um, editing and graphic design and stuff here at Fox, and so we had these custom opens that we did for the world series using his his music and so uh, would you get the original of the song then i i did would they send that i would and uh you know we would edit it how we wanted to work and we put in you know joe buck calls and all that stuff and create an open and uh, i would mix it and we'd send it back to jay-z for approval and he loved them and that's awesome. That's would cool. air them. That's so yeah, very cool. In what form is an original recording in now? Is it just digital? Or yeah, they they would give us files. Yeah, okay. yeah. They would send the master tapes. <laughs> then yeah. Jim would painstakingly do slice Does it. anyone still back it up with the tapes or? Oh no, I mean there are bands that still record analog. As a matter of fact, really? I think Daft Punk did all their stuff analog. Yeah, a lot of lot of bands like that. Sound, uh, Jack right? White. There's a lot of guys. As a matter of fact, Slash on his last record, um, last two records, went analog. And this, all the stuff that I did with them, Snake Pit, everything. We did do some stuff digitally, but 98% of the record was analog. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, that's Thanks, been Jim. Six Degrees of Engineer, Jim. Uh, my pleasure. Wow, man. What a great podcast this has been tonight. This has been amazing. And you know who's helped bring it to you? Not Pat. Certainly. <laughs> Ooh, I'm showing some skin here. Man. You, you, showed Pat. A, you show if you might remember, you showed a lot of skin earlier. Look how pale I am. I I, I live right by the beach. Oh, stop the wasting. I live by the beach. You live by the beach. Stop wasting your workouts and start finding your more with tracking and training gear from Adidas. FitSmart and Smart Run give you the stats that matter and coach you to improve every step of the way. Search FitSmart or Smart Run at Adidas.com today. The creepiest Adidas read ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was fun. What yeah. a great pod. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Jay and Dan. Mm -hmm. Follow Joe mm -hmm. Davis. We never gave his Twitter handle. It's simple. Joe underscore Davis. That's an easy one. We gave you Taggart's Taggart7. Engineer Jim is on Twitter. Engineer underscore Jim. Also easy. Uh, Mike's at Micklehouse. M-I-C-K-E-L house. And Ben on camera is at Ben Teller. Two uh, L's. Ben has a great story we're going to get and into I, and in I one of our like the idea of Taggart asking I just a... found out at the start of the podcast, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll get, maybe get into that maybe next mm -hmm. week. And I, and I 
like the idea of Taggart asking us some questions because I like it when it's all about me. <laughs> okay. Thanks for uh, listening and watching. Uh, Next week is the Christmas episode, correct? Is oh, that yeah. right? Yep. And we don't know who we have on yet. Exactly. Should be a good one. Sell so that one. We right don't know who like it is, that. but should be You're a good gonna one. You're going to love it. There it is. Maybe Carissa will We never return. disappoint. All right. Thanks, everyone. Are we going to hear Lisa Ann at the end of this yes. podcast? We yes. All right. Thanks Bye-bye. for listening and watching, everyone. Lisa Ann, this is the end of the podcast, so all you get out of here.